We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. The Parkins and Spiegel Show. If y'all ready, give me a hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. All right, let's hear from the mob, Jordan in Wakanda. What up, Jordan? Hey, Danny. Uh, you know, I called you a few times during the season asking you if you were ready to have a QB1 funeral. Yeah. And every time you said no, you weren't ready yet. And now that you've publicly declared you're ready to trade fields, I imagine the answer to that is yes, you are ready to have a QB1 funeral. And I'm thinking, when you do say yes, I'm thinking you should make this like a thing. Like, get a budget from Mitch, get a venue. You're kind of a wack. A doodle. I don't know where you're going. Have it at a place. Sit like, it's like it's sitting Shiva, right? My brother Tom and Dan and I, my mother took us over there. My father went to uh, uh, a Jewish ceremony for a person who passed away. They, be, they call that a Shiva. Here's the 2-0. Like, we'll bring a Kugel. We'll make it a whole big thing. What are you waiting for? I'll meet you at Max and Benny's after the show. No party city balloons and boas. I- like, real stuff. If Justin Fields logs onto the internet and sees that a radio host is having a funeral, that, yeah. that's kind of in bad taste. The person who I was honoring <laughs> was the mother of my best man at my funeral. There's one more option for an audio, not a funeral, but a send-off, and that would be a song for the Justin Fields Forever album. A QB we have hope about. Justin Fields Forever. End of intro to funeral speech. Good afternoon to everyone. I'm Kenny Powers. Close your eyes, everybody. Now picture Shane's face, his body youthful and full of life. Now picture Shane now, his cold, lifeless face, eyeballs mushed and smashed in, little strands of hair still just coming off of his head. Looks all scary, like that little smartass from Tales from the Crypt, the little Crypt Keeper guy. That's the kind of skeleton that Shane is now. One, two, three, and here we go, Tim. Here we go. Here we go, Tim. Here we go, Tony. The Parkinson Spiegel Show, afternoons from 2 to 6 on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. More Kenny Powers. That's what I always say. We have more class than that. Yeah, we're not going to do that. Just slightly. 
Just like a very small amount of class higher than that. I don't want to have much more class than that. That's not something to aspire to. (laughs) Right. No. But a funeral? Yeah, that's not right. No. I don't condone this, and I think it's reckless. I think it's stupid. I think it's dumb. But. (laughs) But. (laughs) Means everything he said before that. Uh, That is our business. And it's incredible just the volume of Ed Farmer cuts about the Jewish religion. And then the Tua. Yeah. (laughs) But it's it's just, it's amazing. I didn't realize how interested Ed must have been. It came up. About about Judaism. It came up a lot. Every year. Wow. Those holidays, they just keep coming back around. (laughs) Seems like. Like it. It's unbelievable. Having one. Uh, so we're gonna get talk to Owen Cruz in 15 minutes. We will talk to uh, Boomer Esiason at the top of the hour. Plenty of baseball, as you mentioned. Cubs making making moves. You think they acquired a third baseman today? Uh, I think they acquired. I, mean, I know they acquired a third baseman. I mean, like their third baseman. I then mean, we'll get to some Bears here. He's not great defensively, but he can play third. He can play first. He can be DH. I think they acquired an opening day starter left-handed bat at either third or first. Today. All right. Well, that's obviously a big thing that we will be uh, monitoring and talking about tomorrow at Cubs convention, which is where we will be broadcasting. Uh, Nico Horner is going to be on the show at 5. Craig Council is going to join us in person tomorrow around 340. Looks like Carter Hawkins is going to be on the show, too. Yeah. Packed day tomorrow. Yeah, it's going to be very busy for us uh at, at cubs convention but shortly um, no i mean obviously i yeah. guessed very hard there oh god it's he, gonna be so hard he's, he's jesting he's, i mean that's the, <laughs> the perfect environment for a, a guy who jests hard where do you jest harder than at the cubs convention yeah there's guys walking around in cubs face masks like that's the place to jest it's unbelievable there's people dressed like cubs clowns at cubs convention it's a perfect place um but shortly after i got home yesterday uh the bears reached out to my guy they reached out to Shane Waldron. Shane Waldron is your number one. Shane Waldron, the offensive coordinator in Seattle. Now that Pete Carroll has left the building, all those assistants are available, and the Bears reached out to him. That is the only request that we know officially about. that we know about because no other offensive coordinator on a team that where a head coach got fired, they've asked, and they don't have to fill out a form to ask Frank Reich. They could have just asked Frank Reich. Right. And I, or Byron Leftwich, any of those people who are, who are not working. Correct. And I, I, why I liked it, just a quick brief, uh, brief recap, came up under Belichick, then went to McVay, passing game coordinator for McVay, the most prevalent base of offense in the NFL these days, has been a play caller, uh, and then also worked under Pete Carroll. So working under and with some of the best Hall of Fame defensive guys, has had full autonomy of an offense under Pete Carroll, has been a play caller, and overachieved. Geno Smith was not supposed to be anything there. They've got great receivers, but he overachieved there. But he has been there with Gino for Gino's big resurgence. For yeah. For all of it. Every bit of that story, every bit of what has seemed like, man, an incredible um you know, an incredible rise for Geno Smith. And they wrote me off. I ain't right back, though. Yeah. Yeah. That's the problem. I ain't right back. Let's go. And the 30 touchdown season, yeah. the acquisition, the comeback player of the year, the big contract, it is all under the tutelage of Shane Walter. So the idea was this guy's been with McVeigh and he gets that out of Geno. Uh, Imagine what he could get out of Caleb Williams. I know. That's but, the idea. But from the outside, it has seemed like, man, I'd love to have that Seattle offense. I'd love to have what they're doing. Good players, good quarterback, good story. And so then. I tweet about it, and I'm on the internet last night, and I look at uh, our guy Softy Mahler, and he retweets the thing with the Bears asking about Shane Waldron, which is one word, why? And he does what we do out at KJR in Seattle, got a big Seahawks following. So I look at his replies. There's like a thousand of them, and it's 
Take him. I'm glad he's gone. Yeah. Get him out of here. I'm looking at some right now. Sean Michael Duggar, who we've talked to. Yeah, he's uh, great. Uh, on, on this show. Uh, Bears interested in Shane Waldron. Here are some of the replies. Please take him. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Please take him. Bears fans have no idea. Crying face emoji. You know? So, we, am I being out of town stupid? Are they being in town homers and naive and think that they, because where I sit. But they're the ones who've been watching it. Up close. Right. But you also can overestimate your own guy. How many times do we hear that? We got got a lot of people that think that Justin Fields is a top five quarterback in the NFL in this town. Yeah. So are are they underestimating their own guy? But I'm saying overestimating what they should be able to do. My point is if the Seahawks last year. Oh, I see. The players. Overestimating the players. Yeah, they've been a top 12 DVOA offense the last two years. But this year, it got worse as the year went on. And it it was a little bit worse this year than last year. But it's still a top half of the league offense. I look at that and I say, imagine if he had a quarterback that even could sniff being top 10. Because he doesn't. They look at it and say, we've got DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and drafted Jackson Smith and Jigba and have Uh Kenneth Walker. We should be a top five offense in the NFL. And they're not. And they're not. So in their minds, get him out of here. The play caller is the problem. From my mind, who just watches some of the games and follows the NFL and has the national, you know, 10,000 foot view of it, I'm like, I don't know. It feels like they overachieved based on what their quarterback is. God, this is so football. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It, I went deeper on some of the replies just to see what some of the other subtext was. Yeah. And I saw a couple like this. Um, Shane would be able to spread his wings there. Shane Waldron would be able to spread his wings. Not Shane Reardon. Wa- that's the thing. I think it would just be too good for the show. To have a Shane? To have oh, a- Jesus. All the drop possibilities of... Luce saying Shane. Over and over. Caleb saying Shane. I love Shane. Paul saying Shane. Yeah, it'd be fun. It, there's just a lot of opportunities there. That'd be there. good for us. It'd be really good. It, I, I, so, yeah, yeah. That's like 1% of why I'm interested but in But the Shane will be able to spread his wings thing goes back to let Russ cook. Right? This is like who think that, that Pete, Pete Carroll, Carroll was holding them back. With archaic. his, his yeah. defensive mindset, his run the ball sensibilities, his old school thought process was holding back even this quarterback and this offensive coordinator from showing their full geniusness. Yeah. And I don't. I don't know. I don't know either. I'm not watching every game. I don't think they know either. I, think I don't either. Right, that, of course. Those Seattle fans know either. I think the the easiest thing to do when a play goes bad is to blame the coordinator. I'm not saying that it's not sometimes the coordinator. Yeah. And you can certainly see some things. I mean, hell, think about how unpopular Luke Getzi is in this town. Uh, uh, absolutely. And some of it for very good reason. But and some s- of it we don't know. Some of it we don't know. And, and he's an easy scapegoat. Some of it assuredly because Justin didn't quite see some things that that didn't happen. We don't know what percentage of that Tyler is. Tyler Scott drops Tyler a ball. Tyler Scott drops a ball. Guy blows a block. Whatever, sure. Whatever the case may be. Th- of course. Th- this is, this is how, how football works. So how do we know if anybody's any good, people? Well, well and... The, the adage was most popular guy in town's the backup quarterback. Is the most unpopular guy in every NFL town the play caller? Because we all think, oh, we played Madden. Don't you still have Tecmo Super Bowl like in, in your Twitter bio? Yeah, like, you I identify as a good Tecmo yeah. Super Bowl play caller. I'm terrific. I'm sure you're great. Yeah. But so like, we all think, <laughs> and I know, that we could do that job. And so when it doesn't work, it's like, oh, this 
this nincompoop. Uh, so I don't know. Like, he fits the exact profile of what I would want. Coached in different places, has been a play caller, uh, has overachieved with a non-elite quarterback prospect, modern system. Hey, man. Checks enough boxes for me, given that they're not going to be able to get the guys that are actually good enough to get head coaching interviews this go-around. There are, there are fans who I'm sure hate every single one of the offensive coordinator names that we went through yesterday. Every single one. Yeah. I mean, Shane that- Waldron, Greg Roman. Uh, right, Eric Bieniemy. There's some people who think that Bieniemy was just riding Andy Reid's coattails forever and ever. Sam Howell had a 4,000 yard season. It's pretty impressive. <laughs> I would just throw I throw that out there. He's a fifth round pick, one year in Eric Bieniemy's offense. He had a 4,000 yard season. No that's, Bears ever done it. That's pretty good. So I just throw that out there. Yeah, that's as, good. As something to consider on Bieniemy. Bieniemy's my one A one B, especially the Poles connection, uh-huh. and he was there to witness what they did with Mahomes. Um, Frank Reich. I mean, you throw Frank Reich's name out there, people will lose their minds and tell you that he sucks that he sucked in carolina what but that situation was absolutely a disaster he had lots of good years in indy some good years in philly etc but people hate every single possibility at offensive coordinator yeah so i just i thought that that was it made me feel good like hey they reached out to my guy and then you saw the seattle feedback mm-hmm. and it was like uh-oh do i not know as much as i think i know which is certainly possible it, ha- it has happened before or is it that they're just the least popular people in 27 of 32 NFL times because ask a Chiefs fan how they feel about Matt Nagy they're convinced that that is what has That's happened the problem to, right now to, to, to them Olin Krutz they kept Eberflus they got rid of Getze they have the number one pick what would he do? What does he think they should do for the Bears offseason? Olin before Boomer next on the score. Where I sit. But they're the ones who've been watching it up I, close. Right. But you also can overestimate your own guy. How many times do we hear that? We got, we got a lot of people that think that Justin Fields is a top five quarterback in the NFL in this town. Yeah. So, right, so are they underestimating their own guy? But I'm saying overestimating what they should be able to do. My point is, if the Seahawks last year... Oh, I see. Were, the players. If overestimating they, if, the players. Yeah, they've been a top 12 DVOA offense the last two years. But this year, it got worse as the year went on. And it, it was a little bit worse this year than last year. But it's still a top half of the league offense. I look at that and I say, imagine if he had a quarterback that even could sniff being top 10. Because he doesn't. They look at it and say, we've got DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and drafted Jackson Smith and Jigba and have uh-huh. Kenneth Walker... We should be a top five offense in the NFL. And they're not. And they're not. So in their minds, get him out of here. The play caller is the problem. From my mind, who just watches some of the games and follows the NFL and has the national you know, 10,000-foot view of it, I'm like, I don't know. It feels like they overachieved based on what their quarterback is. God, this is so football. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It, it, I went deeper on some of the replies just to see what some of the other subtext was. Yeah. And I saw a couple like this. Um, Shane would be able to spread his wings there. Shane Waldron would be able to spread his wings. Not Shane I just Reardon. Want, I, that's the thing. I think it would just be too good for the show. To have a Shane? To have oh, a, Jesus. All the drop possibilities of... Luce saying Shane. Over and over. Caleb saying Shane. I love Shane. Paul saying Shane. Yeah, it'd be fun. It, there's a lot of opportunities there. It'd be there. good for us. It'd be really good. It, I, I, so, yeah, yeah. That's like 1% of why I'm interested but in But the Shane will be able to spread his wings thing goes back to let Russ cook. 
right? This is like who think that, that Pete, Pete Carroll, Carroll was holding them back with archaic. his his yeah. defensive mindset, his run the ball sensibilities, his old school thought process was holding back even this quarterback and this offensive coordinator from showing their full geniusness. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know, I don't know either. I'm not watching every game. I don't think they know either. I, think I don't either. Right, of course. Those Seattle fans know either. I think the the easiest thing to do when a play goes bad is to blame the coordinator. I'm not saying that it's not sometimes the coordinator. Yeah. And you can certainly see some things. I mean, hell, think about how unpopular Luke Getzi is in this town. Uh, uh, absolutely. And some of it for very good reason. But and some of it we don't know. Some of it we don't know. And, and he's an easy scapegoat. Some of it assuredly because Justin didn't quite see some things that that didn't happen. We don't know what percentage of that Tyler is. Tyler Scott drops Tyler a ball. Tyler Scott drops a ball. Guy blows a block. Sure. Whatever, whatever the case may be. Th- of course. Th- this is this is how, how football works. So how do we know if anybody's any good, people? Well, well and like the the adage was most popular guy in town's the backup quarterback. Is the most unpopular guy in every NFL town the play caller? Because we all think Oh, we both played Madden. Don't you still have Tecmo Super Bowl like in, in your Twitter bio? Yeah. Like, you I identify as a good Tecmo yeah. Super Bowl play caller. I'm terrific. I'm sure you're great. Yeah. But so like, we all think, <laughs> and I know that we could do that job. And so when it doesn't work, it's like, oh, this this income poop uh, so i don't know like he fits the exact profile of what i would want coached in different places has been a play caller uh, has overachieved with a non-elite quarterback prospect modern system hey man checks enough boxes for me given that they're not going to be able to get the guys that are actually good enough to get head coaching interviews this go around there are there are fans who i'm sure hate every single one of the offensive coordinator names that we went through yesterday Every single one. Yeah. I mean, Shane Waldron, Greg Roman, uh, right? Eric Bieniemy. There's some people who think that Bieniemy was just riding Andy Reid's coattails forever and ever. Sam Howell had a 4,000 yard season. It's pretty impressive. <laughs> I would just throw, I'd throw that out there. He's a fifth round pick one year in Eric Bieniemy's offense. He had a 4,000 yard season. No that's Bears ever done it. That's pretty good. So I just throw that out there. Yeah, that's as, good. As something to consider on Bieniemy. Bieniemy's my 1A, 1B, especially the Poles connection, uh-huh. and he was there to witness what they did with Mahomes. Um, Frank Reich. I mean, you throw Frank Reich's name out there, people will lose their minds. And- tell you that he sucks that he sucked in carolina what but that situation was absolutely a disaster he had lots of good years in indy some good years in philly etc but people hate every single possibility at offensive coordinator yeah so i just i thought that that was it made me feel good like hey they reached out to my guy and then you saw the seattle feedback mm-hmm. and it was like uh-oh do i not know as much as i think i know which is certainly possible it, ha- it has happened before or is it that they're just the least popular people in 27 of 32 NFL times because ask a Chiefs fan how they feel about Matt Nagy they're convinced that that is what has That's happened the problem to, right now to, to, to them Olin Krutz they kept Eberflus they got rid of Getze they have the number one pick what would he do what does he think they should do for the Bears offseason Olin before Boomer next on the score we will win this game. Yes. If you hit somebody in the mouth, we're going to get physical. We're going to get ugly. Right. Olin Krutz. If the guy didn't want to fight me at some point during the game, I am not playing hard enough. 14-year NFL veteran. I know if Owen's speaking, it's going to be the truth. It's going to be what he sees, and it's probably going to be right. Six-time Pro Bowler and four-time NFL All-Pro. Yeah, I thought Brexton did a good job. He spent a lot of time with Olin this offseason, just 
working on his anchor, and I thought you saw improvements there. I do believe he's a starting left tackle. Football analyst for 670 The Score. I remember, I think it was my eighth or ninth year, someone said, Lovey wanted to see me, and I said, okay, so I went up there, and I thought I was, you know, I must have said something or did something that I usually do to somebody, and Lovey wasn't happy about it, and basically what he told me was, he knows the amount of money they pay me, and he would like me to improve my suits. (laughs) 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 He said, he said, it's the only way Lovey can say it. We can do better than men's warehouse, big guy. That's true. Oh, my I didn't know that. You're going to like the way you look. I guarantee it. <laughs> Olin Krutz with Parkinson Spiegel on 670 The Score. Oh, that giggle during the open was fantastic. Olin Krutz with us on the hotline presented by Circus Sports Illinois. What's up, Olin? What's up, guys? How's it going? We're good, man. So did you improve your suits? Did you take Lovey's advice? I definitely did. Uh, uh, Moose Muhammad and Adewale Agunle helped me out, set me up uh, with a tailor. And uh, when I got myself for the first time ever in uh, 2008 or 2009, which would have been, I don't know, my 12th or 13th year, when I got myself a few good suits there, uh, 2009, same year, uh, I was sitting in the locker room in Baltimore. And guess what I said while I was on a Chicago Bears football team? That there's a lot of things wrong with the Chicago Bears. But Lovey's the least of their worries. They got to fix the thing from top to bottom. Sound familiar? <laughs> <laughs> Time is a flat circle, Owen. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. What did you make of the news over the last 24 hours? Uh, like everybody else, uh, not overly surprised that they, coach, they kept Coach Eberflus, hoping uh, that maybe they would try something different, that they, that they would uh, start all over again and, and try to do things the right way, let the president – Hire. I know they're going to keep the general manager, but then hire your coach. And then I thought to myself, man, I didn't know if actually, guys, like you remember the whole process of hiring Ryan Pose and how I think they had three finalists as coaches before he got in the building with Bill Polian's help. So I didn't really know all this time if he, uh, Coach Eberflus was really Ryan Pose's guy. But now we found out that he is, that he is Ryan Pose's guy, and, and this is the head coach that he believes in. So – uh, th- that for me was interesting and just, you know, they're, they're going to do things. Uh, we got to hope that their way works guys. Like we have been for years and uh, we keep talking about there's the right way to do things and there's the wrong way. And it seems like they constantly pick the wrong way. Hopefully with all the assets, with all the picks they have, with all the money they have in the salary cap, hopefully it helps them out and, and they can prove me wrong and some other people wrong on how you should do things in the NFL. I, I'm glad you brought that up because I was told directly that Matt Eberflus was absolutely Ryan Poles' guy, that that he was his guy that they go way, way back and had, had those moments where they connected on football philosophy. And it is surprising considering where he comes from that they are as connected as they are. But it mm-hmm. sounded like yesterday um, that Ryan Poles really likes – the vibes and the chemistry of this team and thinks it's good enough to warrant keeping a defensive minded head coach. Do you like the vibes and the chemistry of this team enough to warrant this choice? Owen? Yes, it's an interesting question because the vibes and chemistry that you talk about are things we can't see or feel right. Those are in the locker room. Those are things they only know. They only see that they like, and it's interesting to like it that much with the, the amount of losing that they've been doing, right? And the vibes and chemistry, everybody's comfortable, everybody likes each other, but we're losing games. And, and, and by the way, uh, the last game of the year was a stinker up there in Green Bay. And now, since 2011, we're 3-18 and versus our rivals. So not a lot of winning done in that building. 
not a lot of playoff wins. Uh, I'd rather the vibe and chemistry be we not get along and we win games, right? I'd rather that vibe that be the vibe and chemistry. Now, we all saw the improvement, especially since I heard you guys talking about uh, they got Montez Sweat. I think uh, without them, they're, without him, uh, they're giving up 27 points a game with him. It was 17. I obviously know that they had some guys at the secondary get healthy. The defense was playing better. Coach Eberflus was coaching better. Uh, a lot of me thinks to myself that Coach Getsy was watching that uh, press conference wondering, man, I wish I had $220 million put into my offense so I could get better at adapting and adjusting against teams. Did it for you it tip you in any direction that they fired the offensive coaching staff on what Ryan Poles' plan is at quarterback? Uh I just I keep coming back to guys, and, and I know there's a lot of discussion about this. I keep coming back to if you don't know if Justin Fields is your guy and you're still trying to make a decision on him, you've made your decision already, right? If he hasn't convinced you, I don't know what's going to change uh, before the draft unless you're just not that interested in the quarterbacks that are already in the draft. But, uh, you know, with the guy down there in Houston, Schrod, doing what he's doing, I don't know how you can take that chance again. Uh, this made you see my feelings, my personal feelings, on the situation they're in as far as taking a quarterback. But I, I got to imagine that after all these years uh, of having Justin Fields, of seeing him play, if you still don't know, then you know. It's interesting. I, you know, I, I, once you pay a quarterback, we were trying to get to the bottom of this the other day and trying to think about it. Like once you pay a quarterback, they get empowered. Right. And, and that can be a great thing. It ought to be a great thing, but it can be a dangerous thing sometimes, too, whether it is, you know, a, a, a quarterback wanting a certain coach or wanting a certain roster spot or those kind of things. Have you been around paid or empowered quarterbacks that where it's sometimes an issue if um, if a guy who's not uh, if, if he's just a certain kind of personality, but he's thoroughly paid and thoroughly empowered that it can be a dangerous thing? for a roster or a locker room? No, you, you obviously know the history of my career with the quarterback. So I wasn't around a quarterback who had that kind of power over the building. Obviously, Jay Cutler, when we traded for him, uh, you know, he was still, he was in his first, second, or third year while I was here. So he hadn't gotten to the point of that big contract yet. Obviously, uh, being around Drew Brees in New Orleans, but Drew was good for the locker room. He was good for the team, and everything was moving in the right direction with him as the starting quarterback. So, no, I, you know, I haven't seen that, and, and I know uh, what, you're, what you're saying there, right, about uh, they thought a lot about the, the coaching staff and the, really to adjust to the quarterback and adjusting to that position is the most important thing. Uh, that, that guy is, as we know, that's why, that's why we're having all these conversations, extremely important to the building. Uh, but, but I'm sure it can be a bad thing. If, if you have the wrong guy in that position, it will be a bad thing. We're talking to Owen Cruz, Parkinson Spiegel on the score. Do you think that week one next year, Braxton Jones is the starting left tackle for the Chicago Bears? Right now, I do think that. I, I think they have other issues higher up in the draft. I think there will be competition now uh, for Braxton Jones. I think he knows that. And, and here's the thing about all that talk, guys. All that, if they do bring a guy in here who is better than Braxton Jones, you guys have to remember this. There are not a lot of good offensive linemen in the NFL. So if you're good enough to play in the NFL, all you have to worry about, this is what I would tell Braxton Jones, as everyone knows, I know him. Uh, Ryan Pose uh, mentioned it yesterday that I worked with him uh, in the offseason, and I did, right? And uh, a little better press conference for me than 
than I did when George McCaffrey called me a liar. <laughs> we thought so, so too. Yeah, that was nice. That was progress. Yeah, I improved. Uh, I got better over the last <laughs> two or three years. Uh, Braxton Jones now, here's what I would tell him. If a guy comes in who's better than you, if you're good enough to play in the NFL, you'll play in the NFL, right? So you don't worry about that. You don't worry about competition. You welcome it. Because you, if you get to see someone that good who's on that higher level, the only thing that guy can do is make you better. So I expect Braxton Jones to be a left tackle. If they do get better at that position, good for them. Right? Good for them that they bring competition in at the offensive line position. I'd like to hear someone ask him about their center plan yesterday, which wasn't very good, right? which really hurt them in the last game. Their offensive line plan going into the season, right? their offensive plan, because that is what you're worried about. I'd like to hear someone ask him about when you guys talk about you trust in your process. Why didn't your process get you through last year that gets he wasn't the guy? Right? We all know what Justin Fields needed to do. We all know what kind of offense he needed to be in. Why didn't you hire him when Nagy was trying to do that to him anyway? Right? Those are the questions you got to ask the guys who are about to hire the offensive staff again. Right? Because I knew last year that the staff they had wasn't the staff for Justin Fields. Guess what they did? They sat status quo, guys. And they kept the same guys. That's frustrating to me when I hear these guys talk about that kind of stuff. That must be frustrating for Luke Getze when he hears them talk about that kind of stuff. All you're asking for is answers that make sense. They don't give them to you. If you So let's assume that you're right, and I agree with you, that they are moving on, that they are going to draft a quarterback at the top of this draft and that Justin Fields will not be the guy. Mm-hmm. Do you have a name for offensive coordinator? And if not, mm-hmm. what is the, the type that you have at offensive coordinator? Yeah, I mean, I heard you talking about uh, Shane Waldron, right? And you got all the names out there, right? Zach Robinson is a quarterback coach for the Rams. We all know the, the, the direction the NFL is going in, right? I, the one thing I didn't like about the Bears staff is the way they built it. I think the Baltimore Ravens, if you go down Bears staff, right, with Willie Taggart and T. Martin, a quarterback coach, and the, the Munkin, and the guys they put together there, they have a strong staff with concepts and schemes that they can, as you heard Ryan, Bowles talk, Ryan Post talk about, they can adjust as the season goes on to what the strength of their players are because they have all those guys at different coaching positions in the room. Unless you have someone really strong, right? Like McVay, who, who does a really nice job coaching and developing. Not only does he coach, he does the thing you heard Coach Eberflus talk about. He develops coaches, right? But we all know the names, right? The Darrell Bevels, the Frank Wright. I would like them to see maybe dip into college, right? Maybe dip into college and say, okay, can we get a guy, I don't know, uh, Tommy Reese, Alabama, Saban just stepped away. Can you get him to coach quarterbacks, right? Can you get a guy like Ryan Grubb from the University of Washington? Can you look outside the box for different concepts, different things that people are doing because you need a really, really strong staff on the offensive side of the ball when you have a young quarterback because guys like you know. You don't know until you put them on the field in the NFL what they struggle with. Right? What schemes, what concepts, where do they have to improve? What does he do well? You have to have as much people on your staff that know things that can get to answers. If you become, come with problems, if you come up with questions, you got to have guys who have the answers. So they got to put together a strong staff as far as who it is. You know, maybe an older coach, because if it's a young guy, uh, you might lose him after one or two years, right? Especially with a, a head coach who is a defensive guy, right? So an offensive guy who comes in, takes the number one pick and does really well on offense. Uh, Danny, I've heard you talk about this a lot. Does really well on offense. Well, he's gone, right? He's gone after one year. So uh, maybe an older guy so, and, and then surround him with younger guys with no concepts or no schemes who can get the concepts there, up-and-coming guys, 
and then see where that goes would be the way that I would think I would build the staff. But to tell you guys, I know exactly what's out there. I know if you stick with Justin Fields, you just just, just, just forget about it. Go call Greg Roman and give him the job. <laughs> right, if you're going to do that. Um, you know, T. Martin's an interesting name. With the Ravens now, the quarterback's coach. Remember him from when he backed up Peyton Manning and then played at Tennessee. But it's interesting. Um, one thing, Olin, they're keeping Chris Morgan, the offensive line coach, no matter who comes in. Is that an easy adjustment, no matter the scheme, for the new OC to work with an existing O-line coach? Or is that uh, dependent on a, on a good fit? It's a great question, Speed, man. And really, really something that bugged me, right? Because talk about doing things the right way. I know Coach Morgan. I've talked to him. I think he's a great guy. I think he does a nice job as an offensive line coach. What they're telling me right there is they like their run game, right? And their run game is set. They need pass concepts. Here's what I don't like. It's not the right way to do things, right? The right way to do things is to say, look, we like Coach Morgan, but when we hire the offensive coordinator, it's his choice, right? Not, oh, here's your O-line coach, by the way. By the way, we'll give you this office coordinator job, but here, the most important uh, uh, relationship in, on an offensive staff, guys, is the offensive coordinator and the offensive line coach. It's the guy who draws the plays and the guy who draws up the blocking schemes. That is the most important relationship. Hmm. I know they like Coach Morgan. I do, too. But there's a right way and a wrong way to do things. And if they would have sat up there and just said, look, man, we like him, but when we hire this guy, it's really his call. I don't like when you're sitting there and you say, man, yeah, yeah, the Coach Morgan is the offensive line coach. If I'm the offensive coordinator, I say I don't want that job. Hmm. It's not the job I want. I want to be in charge of my staff. I want to be in charge of, if I'm the offensive coordinator, Danny and Matt uh, speaks, I want to be in charge of the most important position on my staff. Hear me when I say that. Great stuff, Olin. Uh, we got to go. Boomer's going to tell us about Frank Reich and uh, what he would do, but obviously we'll be talking to you throughout a very interesting offseason. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it, guys. Always step aside for Boomer. No, no, come on now. We, we'll, we'll move mountains for you. That was great stuff from Olin, as always. Man, great, great question on Chris Morgan. It, it yeah. ha- hasn't gotten enough play, apparently. I mean, Olin's saying that's the most important relationship, and, and, and you're, you're held back in terms of your options on Chris Morgan. Wow. What would Boomer do with Justin Fields, and what does he think about Frank Wright coming to Chicago? Next on The Score. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.